Hi, and welcome back to the best thing you watch this week. Got Chris from Movies and Munchies, myself, Ruben from the Ruby Tuesday. For the last almost three years, we've been doing this podcast slash video cast where we talk about the best things we watch. And the general formula for that is, is we take a selection of TV series and movies. We talk about whether that kind of made it into the list of whether it's great or good. Then we'll talk about something in the audio exclusive. This week, we've got a couple of interesting ones. We have a Patreon that's also kind of follows on from the audio exclusive. If you want to see more of us, that just starts at a pound. And we have over 65 videos there at the moment. We're going to be doing a deep dive into The Descent this week. So if you want to hear us talk about that, that was great. We recently did a deep dive into Magnolia. That's like a 40 minute discussion. Who knew we could talk that much about Magnolia? <laughs> but we're in spooky month. Yes. Hence the reason for the, the way I, I woke up this morning and, and Chris's amazing background. But before we start, whatever we do, don't forget to like and subscribe. I know it's tacky asking for it, but it does help us and kind of turning this thing into a, I guess, more than just a hobby. We want to be, ma'am, do it more than for fun, make money and do a career out of it. So if you enjoy it and you spend time watching it, do share it around to your friends and family. If you're listening on the audio, like it, rate it, all of that kind of stuff, that does actually help us. And we appreciate your eyeballs and listening. Chat to us in the comments about what you would like us to cover, whether it's TV series, movies, we'll add it to our list because there's too much for us to cover. And a lot of things just kind of, you know, we don't even hear about. We've got like friends on Twitter. Uh, I say friends, our community on Twitter that are recommending uh, Paul Nolan. He's often recommending anime or movies or series. So there's just, you know, a good community. So welcome to the best thing we watch this week. Every week we start with a movie quote quiz and uh, Chris will give us the answers to last week's and then he will, uh, I, I presume, give us some nope. more. No, nope, I'm not doing it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Shout out first off to Red Comet and Tara Briscoe for getting uh, the theme and the uh, the things correctly, the quotes correctly. Uh, the answers. Nice. Elizabeth Town. Um, one that I'm pretty sure you're going to get. Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> and then the the last one, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. With yep. the theme being Orlando Bloom. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I like all three of those films. Elizabeth Tanner feels very underrated. Oh, yeah. That's a, I, we watch that often because it's just, mm. yeah, it's, it's cute and funny and just that right amount of snark and heart also. Mm. Okay. Are you ready for this week's? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <clears throat> Number one. Not exactly. Sparkling Muscatel. One of the finest wines of Idaho. <laughs> Number two. And she's not my type. I like them. I don't know. Kind of dirty or something. Okay. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> you dirt eating piece of slime. You scum sucking pig. You son of a motherless goat. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I might be able to work out the because of the that one. yes exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice that's really good oh man so let us know in the comments uh, we will give you the shout out in the next episode uh, when you do guess uh, on either Ruben's channel or my channel make sure you put a little bit of uh, space in there just to you know let everybody have an opportunity to guess or to hate on 
how um, obscure some of these may be. But Ruben, <laughs> as per usual, what kind of question do you have for us this week? Or do you have a question for us this week? Yeah, no, I totally have one. There's this discussion going on on um, Twitter slash X at the moment, which I always like to kind of bring that here if it's a good discussion mm -hmm. on entertainment and has relevance to us, obviously. Um, way back when, when cinema first came into being and we started getting those big epics, we had films like Ben-Hur, Cleopatra, and then, you know, more recently, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. These films were four hours. Return of the King is four and a half hours. But a lot of the times, especially the first time they're showing, they have intermissions in between those films. Now, this is conversation where people are, are talking about bringing intermission back for films that are longer than two and a half hours. Because uh, that's, you know, give people that have small bladders, you know, times to, to go out, not moan about it. Because there's these filmmakers at the moment, uh, you, you've got Nolans, you've got Scorsese, you've got, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a Denis. few others, but like uh. Diagenie. Uh, Spielberg, they are all making epics and they seem to be getting longer and longer. Even the Marvel ones, you know, if they're wrapping up a, a few films, it's going to be three hours. Yeah. We know that Scorsese's new film, I think, is over three hours. Yes. Uh, Killers of the mm -hmm. Flower Moon. Is that yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what spawned the, the question is, should there be a thing now where cinemas allow people to have a break and there be a short and it doesn't even need to be 10 minutes five would be good intermission we'll start again you can go and get popcorn it might be a great way to get uh cinemas to have that little boost of revenue uh relieve your bad bladder you don't miss anything out that might be a key moment how many times did you know you've just you've held out because you were hoping that you were going to get to a quiet moment as soon as you leave you shut that door and you and you come back and everybody's like oh my god that thing happened you're like damn it <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your thoughts on intermission you know i um i i am all for that uh you know the the past couple of times that i've seen an indian movie in the theaters mm. that's been you know mm. close to three hours long they have an intermission which i appreciated because there were times where i'm like oh I, this is perfect. Yes, I got to go, uh, come back. I feel relaxed. I can, you know, enjoy the movie again and actually be present for it versus being focused on my bladder. I mean, golly, when we saw uh, Avatar The Way of Water, I was walking slowly, but as fast as I could, bent over <laughs> like in utter pain. I was risking like, you know, bladder infection and stuff because I had to pee so bad. <laughs> But on that first viewing, I didn't know what I could miss and not miss, you know? Also, if you got there early, like a lot of people do, you get ads and trailers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you end up, like if you're watching a four-hour film, that's five yeah. hours that you've sat there. Exactly. Yeah. So I am all for this. I think, though, too, that this could benefit theaters in addition to not only how, how you're talking about, because that is an excellent point about the concessions and the boost in revenue there. Mm -hmm. But I think people may be more apt to go if they know there's an intermission versus, you know, if I'm at home, I'm in the comfort of my home. If I need to go, yeah. I can pause it yeah. and go do, you know, grab a snack. Yeah, it's another reason to go to the cinema and experience it because, you know, you can take a break it, at some exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the um, uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon is coming out. 
Mm. There was news, though, that he is creating a four over four-hour director's cut specifically for <laughs> Apple after the theatrical release. Oh, okay. So, I mean, which is, okay, fine. You know, it's, it's over four hours, and so, yes, that's a... That's an event right there, which is not, I mean, sure. that's not out of the realm of possibility because how many shows do we binge that have like six or eight episodes and we just. Of course. You know, yeah. We're just like go through, especially if they're yeah. good. You're like. So it's not the, it's not yeah. the amount of length. I think it's just the ability to, to take a break for a moment. And I think you brought up a, the, mm -hmm. the, the extra revenue for the theaters via the concessions, the opportunity to get more concessions. That is an excellent argument. Just to stretch after like two and a half hours, yeah. go go to the toilet, go get myself a bag of popcorn for for other than the reason of just walking about a, a few meters, you know, and then sitting down again. I think, I think, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, but that, excellent question. Excellent what do you discussion. think in the comments? I can't hear you. You, you, you speak up. You can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> no, no. I can't hear the people in the Oh, I can't hear them either. It. Yeah. What? <laughs> Speak loud. <laughs> All right. This is enough of this crappy dad joke. Should we get into? <laughs> yes. Let's do uh, that. The best thing we watched this yes. week. Cool. Uh, would you like to start? How much have you uh, got? I don't have very much. Um, so, okay. I'll start okay. then. <laughs> um, I finally get to talk about the fall of the House of Usher because you <laughs> reviewed right. this weeks ago, but it, it finally came out yesterday mm -hmm. when on, when we're recording this i'd had it for weeks and i'll be honest the first four and a half five uh, five episodes i struggled to get through mm. not because i didn't enjoy it i just thought they were very long drawn out and i do think it's going to split audiences because it I, for me it's the least scariest one but it also has some of the best visually grotesque <laughs> moments <laughs> so that's like that's a it's a weird thing to say that i didn't find it like mm -mm. scary it was just intense mm -hmm. mostly and then there's some really gro gross moments the episode two last 10 minutes Dude. of episode two do not eat well because <laughs> that is some of the grossest television that, that would put the red wedding in its place seriously unexpected <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was that was a, that was a lot <laughs> yes it was i was like <laughs> um however the dialogue and the script with the actors that we have the caliber of monologues are just incredible but for me um gucciano how do you oh, pronounce uh, her name gugino i think gugino yeah, yeah yeah i think she stole the series mm. every time she was on screen and she also gets to play multiple characters and seeing how she embraces that at, at one point she's jumping up on the table uh, uh being something else uh, no spoilers but so aesthetically actingly dialogically the way it looks fantastic and brilliant i'm not sure the ending is the big payoff that everybody wants it to be like yeah. I, I kind of saw what it was mm -hmm. coming i think it's the journey that makes this enjoyable so you, you and enjoyable is not really even the right word because none of these characters i think there's one that that are people you are rooting for to survive you more likely want to know how they're going to die that, that that's the story uh there's this ending that i've heard some reviewers say that was really cheesy because there's a there's a couple of moments where they literally quote a segment of Edgar Allan Poe's that there's a narration yeah. 
and they thought that was really cheesy and i've heard a few reviews that i thought it was brilliant i love the way that wrapped it up and did it really nicely because that just pays homage to the master but also what the hell are we watching it makes perfect sense to end it that way uh, i thought i thought those i don't get the cheesiness but i've seen a couple of people mention that and i was like nah, i don't think that's true i thought it was perfect did they not understand that uh, it was poe no they oh. did i just yeah okay anywho hmm. so it's not my favorite sure of his mm-hmm. but it may be my favorite acting like most of the actors here get a chance to really shine and mm-hmm. do some meaty performances of course they're mostly nasty and and you know <laughs> i uh i love to hate some of the mm-hmm. characters possibly the weakest part of this was we don't know a lot about these characters or how they got Agreed. there and so we're just thrust into this this is what's happening to them right now and by all intents and purposes they really suck as human beings um yeah i i can't really talk more about it without doing spoilers because it's one of those you, you talk about a thing and that reveals the bit of the character but there are like defining character mm-hmm. m- motifs or, or moments they really set them up as a, a character that's great to watch, but also like, yeah, you, you just need to die. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're, you're horrible. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think maybe some of the reason that the conclusion is a little less satisfying or maybe just a little anticlimactic is because we're told what happens at the very beginning, you know, and mm. then we watch how that came about um oh uh, yeah i thought it was really creative that flanagan took all kinds of post stories and made each episode a one of po you know a focus of one of post yes things. it's almost like an anthology isn't it i mean that is really clever. yeah to then tie it back in with with mm. this larger arc with the main yeah arc. yeah like, i'm i was thrilled i mean it was weird at first it definitely was where yeah. you're like um i'm not i don't see how this is really the fall of the house of usher this This is not yeah you know (laughs) but uh, other than in name only you know uh but Mm. i thought it was creative i thought you know it worked well for how he wove that all together and having each episode give prominence to one you know one character each time i thought was nice uh you're absolutely right though they were strangers to us I mean, we, okay, so you're a bad person and I can see that Mm. you may have a little bit of redeeming qualities here or there or whatever, but more often than not, you're just, you're, you're the product of your family. Yeah. And that's what I complain most about in terribly written stories is like, if you're a bad guy, it's just bad for the sake of being bad. Yeah then I don't care about them at all. Like, I want to care about the baggers. I want to have the reason as to to why. I want to wrestle with that a little bit. But most of the time, I wasn't wrestling. I was just like, oh, she's here. Let's see what she's going to do. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> How are you going to die? You know, or what? Yeah. I know it's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. So that, mm-hmm. I know you asked in the in your uh, review, and I haven't gone back to scour through the episodes, but did you see the mirror from Oculus? I didn't. Okay, because there's what I I looked. I think there might be one at actually the last episode. Oh, okay. Uh, where the where the guy is sitting, it could be. Okay, but because I need to go back. And yeah, because there's yeah. there's one episode um, that focuses on Samantha Sloyan, and there are a lot of mirrors just 
in the surroundings. Oh, it totally could you be. You know, in and there. I, yeah, I totally was like, there, that's yeah. where I really was like, <laughs> you know, trying to see, and I, I couldn't see the frame. So I don't know. Maybe it was there quick. Maybe it was in the background more. I don't know. But. Anyway. Mm. Okay, so for context, if you're listening in audio or you're watching, you don't know, Flanagan in each of his movies, ever since, is it mm-hmm. Oculus where yeah. the mirror is from? Yeah. He puts that mirror in some form, uh, same shape, like in Gerald's game, it was like the headboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in, in every one of his projects. So it's a little bit like fun Easter egg. Rather than putting yourself in the movie, uh, do that, which is much better. I love it. I, <laughs> Cause, yeah, because it's so subtle. Yeah. and cre- Yeah, it is, yeah. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh, what's first on your list to talk about this week? Uh, this was a surprise for me. Uh, Apple has a new series, a limited series with Brie Larson called the lessons are called lessons in chemistry. Mm. And it's based on a wildly popular book. Didn't read the book. Okay. Uh, my wife read the yeah. book. My daughter-in-law read the book. They were, um, mm. they loved the book. Uh, been chomping at the bit for the series. Uh, my wife watched it with me. Now, we watched all episodes, so I've seen the entire series. Um, holy crap. Do you remember when we watched Paul Walter Hauser in Blackbird? And we were mm. like, there was this moment where you're like, he's disappeared. I just... I see this new character and I'm, I'm enthralled with them. That's how Brie Larson is in this. She great. Cause a lot of the time I watch her and that's was what I was worried about going into this. Is it Brie Larson playing a character? She, for me, she like, she disappeared and we get this very consistent, quirky, slightly damaged, um, mm. but trying character. And, She's off-putting to some people, but that's because of just how direct she is, part of her personality. Uh, this this is more like we get to watch her act in this versus, you know, the, the Marvel stuff where she puts on the suit yeah, and just of course. does the yeah, action. I mean, you're just directed. You don't do much acting in those movies. Exactly. Yeah. She is naturally funny, which is outstanding. Like I laughed so many times in this series and it is not a comedy, but it, and and she wasn't telling jokes either. That was the thing. It was smart quips and that's credit to the writing and then her delivery because she was Hmm. able to capture what the writers put down and make it believable and natural in the course of a conversation, which I'm like, Ooh, that was burn or oh that was hilarious you know whatever that is she Mm. is uh the the whole series is about this uh this chemist named elizabeth zott and it's just following her life um and it's more of a it's not not slice of life because we get a good chunk of her life but it's how Mm. she how she struggles because she is a chemist she has her master's degree and there's a reason she didn't get her phd um, but she's working in a lab with all kinds of other chemists who are all male and they all have PhDs, of course. you know, and it's period. It's it is period. period. Yeah. It's like a uh, late fifties, yeah. early fifties, mm. late fifties, something like that. You know, so there's always going to be that man and the woman should be in the kitchen. Oh yeah. And there are some excellent conversations that capture it perfectly. Um, like mm. rain Wilson plays a, um, the head of a TV station and part of the 
part of the context of this is that she at some point is no longer working in a chemistry lab and she's offered a role as a, to do a cooking show. Now that fits in because all throughout the series, from the very get go, we watch her cooking and she treats him like chemistry because, you know, she, she, she knows how the chemicals and all of the things break down and attach and everything and why it makes something better or worse. Mm. You know what I mean? And so she's really, it, it's fascinating to watch because you don't think about, I don't think about that when, when cooking, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, does that taste good? No, it needs more salt. Yes. Yeah. I have a question. Yes, <laughs> um, is it preachy? Is it men are bad? because they look down on women or does it have its message in there without being preachy? Cause that's a, it's an interesting balance to try and come across it. I'm going to insult a lot of people, but if you're an incel and you're insecure in your masculinity and you're a toxic person, then yes, it's very preachy and it's pointing out all of the insecurities that you have as a man. Damn, if though okay. you're not, it, no, it's not preachy at all. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it captured the time period perfectly. Hmm. It addressed okay. the things that, you know, you have this woman who is, which we, which we know happened, you know, n not in one sin, not in one thing or in one instance and not collectively, but individually all, all around during that time, you have people, you have women challenging the status quo to, you yeah. know, to move forward, to progress, to, to be able to be in, in certain, um, careers and everything, not just, well, you stay at home. You make your husband a drink when he comes home because he has had a, um, a hard day, you know, and some of the writing, I mean, it, it tackles that, but it's, I, I never took it as preachy because it was like, yeah, that's just accurate. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's good. If it comes across authentic rather than yeah. preachy, it's just what was happening in the mm -hmm. day. Um, um, yeah. How, how long is it? And did you watch the whole thing? I watched thing? the whole thing. Um, I binged it over two days. Uh, and that was only because I ran out of time. Um, because I was, I was like captivated to it. I was just like, oh my gosh, I, we got to keep watching. Uh, mm. it's eight episodes, 50 ish minutes, you know, okay. 45 so to about an hour seven or hours something like that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a decent chunk. Part of it is, um, slower storytelling, not boring. Mm. Um, and if you've read the novel, which, which again, I didn't, but my wife did. So she was able to tell me what, uh, what had changed, what had been omitted. Sometimes they combine characters mm. or they, you know, whatever that is. Um, color change. <gasps> yeah. They, uh, they, mm. they took, they did combine some characters. Um, they, flopped some ordering of certain things. They omitted some parts, but she said that it kept to the spirit of the book. So like she was satisfied with it, uh, because it mm. didn't, it didn't deviate so far from the story where it's telling something different. It was just like, well, for the visual medium, we're going to do it this way instead. And to cut down on the number of characters that we have, we're going to take this person and this person, and we're going to make them one, something like that. Um, Bill Pullman, not Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman's son, Lewis Pullman, who's in uh, Top Gun Maverick. Um, mm. He is the other star in this, and he is 
awesome. The, together, okay. they, I mean, he is quirky in his own right. Uh, he is damaged in a way also. Uh, there's a whole storyline for him. It was just, it. the way it all comes together, I thought was beautifully executed. Uh, you get humor that that fits well that is not forced you get a lot of drama you get a lot of heartfelt moments there's a slight mystery to a character's um like background it's pretty predictable but again this is not it's not detrimental to the story that you predict it because mm. it's actually the outcome you want um yeah so how yeah. How sciencey is it? Is it like because I I love stuff like um, Bones, the the series they used to like really go into like how they're getting the body and like putting into pieces because it's called Lessons in Chemistry. It alludes to some yeah, of that. There there is some of that. I mean, you don't need to understand it because no, she no. breaks it down. They break it down, and when they go into when we have sequences of them in the lab doing experiments mm. or something, it's either edited so that it's compressed so that we don't lose interest of watching somebody watch yeah, of course you don't want to like actually bunsen burner exactly and, like yeah <laughs> like, minute 17 nothing Potions has class live yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, but it, it uh so it moves along quickly it it explains enough about things uh but the science itself is not the central focus it's the it's the building block for for the whole series and why she is where she is and how that then puts her on a course to where she ends up. Uh, but it's on the cooking show on the TV. Is that that's part of it? The focus. That, that's part okay. of it. It's it's more of her emotional journey, um, right? And and watching her grow and because we we that must be tough to end. Does it have a good ending? I loved the ending. I thought it was very oh, sweet. Okay. It was very satisfying. Um, it, it, if you're a cynic, it's schmaltzy. But you know what? Uh, no, I, I I need that in my life. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> it was a it was a pleasant, satisfying conclusion. Uh, it felt natural. Also, we do mm. get a little bit of time jumps here and there throughout it, but it's not yeah. it's not so big and it's not so confusing or anything else. I mean, it, it's, it ends, I think, at least for me, how I wanted it to end. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So it's... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it, Sounds really interesting. I'm definitely putting that on my watch dude, list. Dude, yeah, it is. Um, it's the first two dropped already, first two episodes, mm -hmm. and then it's one episode and it's after weekly. that weekly. Yeah. And because they're long enough, it's, um, I think it's worth you know, hanging out and watching it each week. Uh, after nice. episode two, that they are just cruel by only dropping for two episodes. Because oh. after episode two, you're going to be like, what's going to happen Wait next? Wait a Great. minute. Well, that keeps you invested. I remember when Friday nights were like events on TV, getting that ended like, damn yeah. it. Especially if it was a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. You're, you, you, yeah. So put it on your list. I mean, I gave it five out of five. I... Oh, okay. So Love really good. It, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, as of recording this, Amazon Prime Video, well, they want us to call it Prime Video. So Prime Video uh, released a new film that they recently acquired called The Burial. 
uh, stars Jamie Foxx, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Journey Smollett, Alan Ruck, and one of my favorite actors working at the moment, Mamado Afe, Afi, however uh, you pronounce his name, dude, oh. is a legend. I like him yes. so much. Yes. I, I, I pronounce it yeah. Atier. I don't know if that's right. At, Atier. Okay, I'm cool. I'm just making yeah, French. I have no, I I have no idea. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so I wasn't expecting much from this movie. I know it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of this that is true. And I expected the performances to be somewhat good, at least with Tommy Lee Jones. But when it comes to Jamie Foxx, there's some performances that he chooses that are just don't work for him mm-hmm. or the, the way it just directed, the way it was edited, don't make put him in the best of light. But then there's some that are just phenomenal. So he, I, I find like a mismatch. I mean, I guess that can be with any sure. a- actor, but for the most part, when it's Tommy Lee Jones, I'm just like, yeah, I know he's going to be good. <laughs> just, just, just whatever. Uh, surprisingly, it is them that holds your attention. Mm-hmm. Their relationship that they form is the thing that carries this movie. But then you get the the true story. It's a David and Goliath story. It feels like you're sort of on a John Grissom um, story, but lawyer. Okay. Um, how do I explain this? So Tommy Lee Jones is a guy basically that owns a number of funeral homes. And he also has a, an insurance business. They kind of go hand in hand with each other. He's a, a veteran. He took on his father's business, but it's, He's been in debt ever since trying to keep his business. He has something like 34 children and grandchildren, like like a massive wow. family. And he wants to, like before he dies, he wants to set them up so that they they are okay. He's looking after them. And so he was building for his whole life. He's been building this nest egg. It's just not working out. So he goes to this company through his lawyer that's been like a longtime friend saying, I will sell you off two of mine because he has a number of funeral mm. homes. I'll sell you off two, two of mine. Uh, as long as you don't do business of insurance where I live as part of the deal. They they say, yeah, this guy schmoozes him. And then the deal never just doesn't happen. They go quiet. And basically they're waiting for his business to die out so they can take swoop it and, in. and, yeah, and mm. swoop in. So really nasty stuff. And the more we find out about this guy, the more you realize how much he's been is is like the the business that wants to buy all of it and hold all the cards and, and then massively hike up the prices in poor areas so that they can't afford it but they they're the only person that they can go to to get it and then offer them a loan at a really high percentage so they can try and pay for it yeah it's just and it is like it's yeah. all true and we we know it is so in comes Jamie Fox who is a lawyer but he's one of those lawyers that you would totally see as advertising on TV, oh, you know, like he, accident yeah. lawyer, uh, you know, um, and he's built himself up, himself up a career doing really well. He's got himself a private jet. He, you know, he's, he's that type of guy that he, he takes cases. He knows he can win as well, but this type of um, law, he doesn't practice. Mm. So it takes a, uh, what was the guy's name? I was just mentioning. Uh, uh, Mamadou, yeah, it it takes him to go and speak to him to try and convince him to take this on as as to why it would be worth. And then when he finds out how big of a company this is, he you know he only does cases that are like seventy five million or more. That sort of that's yeah, it's a big, 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 big. Um, 
so along the way they just they form this endearing relationship uh they you know most of the time jamie fox's character he's he's sort of racist he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't deal with white folks ever (laughs) he only takes on uh, black clients yeah that's fair enough um and then at the same time tommy lee jones's uh lawyer is totally white and also has some prejudices Mm. against black people so it has this underlining conversation that's going on and in the place that they're going to be trying their their um, trial, trying their trial, <laughs> great, great, <laughs> um, is mostly uh, African, Black, American as well. So the jury is mostly Black. The the actual the lawyers from both teams are you know the best of the Black. So you have this war that is color, without it even being about color. <laughs> uh, and it's just fascinating to see like how the lawyers try and get one up each other, how they break each other's crosses. Like if you're a fan of law programs, you're gonna love it. But what carries it is the relationship. Mm. So there's not any action, there's not any like tense or thriller, but it surprisingly is tense because this guy has his whole life hanging on the line in in this. Like if he loses loses it, he's gonna lose everything. Uh, and the same with the lawyer. Like, if he loses this, this would be, like, his company's, his law firm, probably down the drain because he's putting a lot out there. He's never lost a case. Like, wow. it's as massive. This company will decimate you because they have lawyers that have lawyers, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so it's definitely a David and Goliath story. But I was surprised at how entertaining this was. It's totally slow. It's, it's a film that's as basic as you expected. It's these guys trying to beat these, these yeah. guys in a trial and for some reason it just has that magic that keeps you riveted and keep watching and i was like yeah i know it's not as good as let's say the firm or you know those sort of big lawyer films but this one just has heart you kind of really like the characters Mm -hmm. so you're rooting for them which is probably why it's tense well and a lot of the time courtroom dramas are more thrillers you know or at least some of the blockbuster ones are more thrillers that involve yeah. court cases. So this is a very yeah, dialogue-driven, exactly. is that? Yes, massively dialogue-driven. Is it, uh, is, is is it, it smart dialogue? Like, does it, or, you know, like witty and just, it's like, like you should pay attention to it. It's not something that just plays in the background. No, I don't think so. No, no. there's not, there's very little phrases that you, like you, that you won't get, okay. uh, like if it's lawyering, but it doesn't, it's not dumb at the okay. same time. It's like, it's all about relationships. Uh, it's about his wife, Tommy Lee Jones's wife mm-hmm. and you know what they're going yeah. through with their kids. And uh, there are moments that are just spectacular, especially when they start their moments when they, they, they've won the day mm-hmm. like in court and how they do that. It, it's just, that feels smart and clever. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think everybody's going to tune in. They'll look at the synopsis and go, yeah, this this looks boring as heck. And I'll be like, you're going to miss out. (laughs) Good to know. I'm going to put it on my list. So that's rock on. Okay. My next one is an older film. Um, I've been Mm -hmm. going through horrors, thrillers, stuff like that, just for fun because it is spooky season and, you know, put out some reviews if... If I can, um, I'm trying to just get on things that aren't necessarily current. I've watched some that yeah. are from decades ago, and um, 
mm-hmm. like one that we're I'm going to be talking about in the audio only. Um, that was an experience, um, but <laughs> but I, you know, I'm trying to hit things that I've never seen before. Mm. I was looking on IMDb, just going through like some of the, you know, just horror lists, just to try and get some ideas. And I saw one. And it was called Ouija or Ouija, however you want to pronounce it. And um, I looked that up, or I did a Google search, or whatever. And one of them said Mike Flanagan directed, and I'm like, ooh. Okay. So I find, oh, it's on Netflix. It's from 2014. And I'm like, sweet. Start playing it. And I'm like. Why does this say Styles White? Yeah, that's exactly. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like Mike Flanagan. This is kind of dumb. So I paused it. I re-looked up what the first off, I looked up what title I was watching on Netflix. And and then (laughs) I looked that up on IMDb to find out that I was not watching the same movie I thought I was watching. Brilliant. Mike. Did you continue watching it? No, I did not. Um, Okay. So 2014 (laughs) had the movie Ouija or Ouija. Yeah. 2016 had Mike Flanagan's prequel Ouija Origin of Evil. What? That is also on Netflix in the US. And that's what I want to talk about. Um, Okay. (laughs) Much, much better. That's so weird. (laughs) Much better. Okay. it's it, so it is this prequel and um yeah because i saw enough of the first movie that you see ties to it um but okay. this has um henry thomas and <laughs> yeah, henry, henry's yeah no doubt and, and uh, elizabeth reeser who's been in a lot of uh flanagan's things as well and the premise is it's in the 50s okay seagull uh she, barely She's in it for just a, just a short period there. Uh, she's not, she's not, uh, essential for the story, but she does help, um, set it up, I guess, just introduce us to, into the world there. You have a single mom with two daughters living in this house and the mom works as a medium, as a fortune teller, you know, uh, just. Is, is, is she a real medium or? Uh, well, she does scams. She, she basically oh, right. fakes okay. it all yeah. so that she can pay the bills. And that's how they and, get money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and her daughters are involved in the scheme as well and everything else. Well. And the shaking the table. The, the whole thing. The lights are flickering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. Um, so at one point, the teenage daughter, the older one, she goes to a party um, at some friend's house and they have just bought a Ouija board. And so they start to play and she thinks it's dumb, but there's a slight creepiness to the, to their interaction at that first. Don't they use Ouija boards all the time? Uh, the, no, the, this had been, um, cause you know, it, it, it's marketed as a game like by Milton Bradley or something like that. I mean, it comes, you know, you, you right. buy it in the game okay. aisle of a, of a store, um, and so I don't think that should be correct. No, I don't think that's yeah, right. No, but that's how it, I mean, in America, that's how it's been marketed forever. So the girl really? is the teenage girl is talking to her mom about it. Just more so like, you know, this is what we did or whatever. And the mom was like, mm. Ooh, that would be a great prop for us, you know, and for uh, her thing. True. So she goes and gets one. She jury rigs it so that she can, um, she can manipulate it. To oh, she can move it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, 
and then um, <laughs> while she's doing that, some creepiness happens. And this is then when we start to get into the supernatural element. And why though? Why does it start it, happening? Is it just that Ouija board? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, because the house has spirits there. Oh. So, um, and the little girl is the one who is most affected by this. Uh, like oh. Flanagan does in most of his things, you will mm. see things in the far background that oh man that's so creepy necessarily moving you know what i mean and they're not in focus and then all of a sudden maybe some light will shift or a character will move or it will just be the character doing something and then you finally notice what it is and you're like "Mm, that's not right you know um there are some jump scares eh, you know the the musical stings and stuff like that So it progressively gets crazier and crazier until the final act. And then it just goes balls to the wall nuts. And you're like, oh, really? what okay. in the crap? It is, um, <laughs> this is not a happy movie. Okay. And he doesn't do happy No, movies. he doesn't. This is, it is <sighs> very satisfying, very satisfying despite not being happy. Um, so does it have a satisfying ending for me yeah absolutely i thought it was i laughed um out of god damn it chris it's not a happy ending is it no no it's not (laughs) i I, like i laughed and then here's the other thing too um if you're gonna watch the original which i'm not sure i recommend but whatever Mm. at the very end of the credits i mean this is post credits there is a um a scene that then ties in to the original, which I thought was very but clever. That's a prequel. Uh-huh. The 2016 is a prequel. 2016 right? is a prequel, yes. Yeah. So it came after, but Mike Flanagan included this this segment so that it would tie in even more to, wow. to its predecessor. Cool. Yeah, no, it was, it, I thought it was great, but <laughs> I watched it on Netflix because um, the, in the U.S. it's on Netflix here. They put up the, um, here's other suggestions right when the credits started. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I don't know. So I went, I just, you know, w- moused up to watch credits and then sat through it all. And then I got the scene. So I'm like, hmm, well, that, that sucks. Netflix, you shouldn't do that because people will miss <laughs> that little bit. They there. will. Yeah. Um, nice. So it. Do you think I'll enjoy it? I think you'll. Yes. Uh, you won't, you <laughs> won't enjoy all of the freakiness, I think. And it's not, it's no, not terrifying. Um, okay. it was freakier and more creepy than I thought it was going to be. Um, hmm. we did, um, we watched it late at night. My wife was very freaked <laughs> out. We watched some, um, some Shit's Creek afterwards just to, to put on a happy, um, you know, right. a happy mood and stuff like that. Uh, so it does have, I mean, it does have that intensity to it. And that moment, you know, some of these things where you're like, mm, mm, that's. And because the last act goes very dark and just, yeah. Is there a place in the movie where the characters are kind of okay and they think they've won and that, that I can just switch off? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I love how it builds in this. I mean, I was, mm. I was really surprised by it. Not because Mike Flanagan did a good job, but because... 
I had not really ever heard anything about this movie. Mm. And um, was this his first? No, it wasn't. Um, oh. And actually, okay. what was the one? Um, Absentia, which I watched last oh. year, which is very weird and very bizarre, but also um, it has some really good moments to it. I think that was his first mm. feature length film. Um, okay. It's not awesome, but it is worth watching once, you know. So nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me know mm-hmm. what I shouldn't watch. Mm-hmm. Happy to help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about something slightly lighter, okay. but more violent. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Denzel's The Equalizer 3. I finally got to watch this. Mm. Uh, everybody compares it to John Wick, and I think that's doing it a d- d- disservice. This is not John Wick. It's a... It's a a man with a history and a past that were, used to work for the government in an organization of the government that doesn't exist. It's that sort of clandestine. He's retired. He's stopped, but he keeps getting pulled back because a friend that used to be his handler or his boss has asked him to deal with something. At the end of the second one, that handler is killed um, and has asked him to look out for a certain family member that's kind of the premise for this story so it, it, it is it's got like a nicely wrapped up trilogy mm. so we're, we're a set in italy so a lot of the shots that you find in this is very reminiscent of noir spy thriller mm. but with like beautiful alleyways small steps close corners so that combat that you're going to get between the handout combat between the 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 fast kinetic action like he does like you know and there wasn't too much of it but you just saw him do it because in the first two movies he was like timing it's going to take me six seconds nine seconds that was the gimmick that they used how quickly he cleared the room this time it's more like old man denzel he gets injured at the beginning of the movie and that sets up for the reason he's like going to stay in this place and that that kind of thing it keeps going on and the reason why he involves a certain somebody now, the person that he does get to work with in this film is the same young lady from Man on Fire, which is, uh, oh, what's her name? Dakota Fanning. Uh, Dakota Fanning. And it's I, I was talking to you, like, all fair. It's kind of like an unofficial reunion, as if he survived and, uh, you know, they don't talk about it anymore. But many years later, you know, he kind of needs an impulse. But I like to think of it that way, because uh, I loved Man on Fire. It's still one of the best... M- films of all time i think might be tony scott's best dude it's such a powerful movie i love that movie oh yeah it's awesome it's so good uh and it was great to see them in moments on screen together again what is nice about this film is it does spend time getting you to like the characters that where denzel's character is Mm where he's kind of getting used to the culture, the people, how wonderful the people are. So when stuff starts happening to the people, you really care. Uh, And so you have injured Denzel getting himself to a place of where he's better again. And, you know, you know, once he is, he's going to start taking out the guys in. And it's often brutal, like it's it's harsh, like the way he kills them. And it's fast. (laughs) And it's not for like, uh, it's not for prettiness sake. It's just to kill efficiency you, right yeah. yeah uh and 
he he does it great. So you feel his age in this, but I think it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because he he is retired. He's kind of want to stop, but he's got something to finish up before he's going to stop forever. I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure we won't ever get another equalizer. I think this is the the story that they've wrapped up and they're finishing it. Surprisingly, the action is better than it is in two. It's probably on par with what you get in one. Uh, but the way the story, I think it's has a more emotional, a better emotional beat. Mm-hmm. So it, it may end up in time being the, the, my favorite of the three. At the moment, I probably still rank one, three, two. Okay. But uh, for me, I think uh, three is way better than I was expecting. You always think that the third one's not going to be yeah. great. Um, and it's always a surprise to me when they are. That's fine. I've only seen number two, which I know mm. doesn't make so you've any seen, sense. But you've seen the. I mean, it's still fun, but it's like compared to one and three. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't as impressed with the ending of. Yeah, the ending wasn't great too. I think that's what everybody was. Yeah, it just kind of devolved yeah. there. But I mean, mm. the, the beginning with him and the credit card. <laughs> they should <laughs> have so done cool. some kind of. Um, either uber ad or a credit card yes, ad 100%, with them, you know I mean? yes five stars <laughs> missed yeah missed an opportunity high <laughs> end yeah. marketing there yeah <laughs> oh do you um does this one end in a way that feels like it is wrapped up or does it leave it yeah. kind of you know is they don't like allude that it's going to okay. do any more yeah but it is in a way like you're satisfied with where he's at. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So they could if they wanted to, but there's no need to. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I've been wanting to see this. Um, it was one of those that really snuck up. I mean, you and I had been discussing it yeah. this week that it just, where did this come from? Like, you know, all of us, yeah. nobody knew they were, it was being made. And then all of a sudden Equalizer 3 is coming. Here it is. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Crazy. Um, I don't have anything else that I watched this week that is worthy of talking about, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about anime, Ooh. but it's it's my... Uh, uh, I don't know if I can call this anime. <laughs> okay. What? Um, it doesn't come out until... <laughs> Thursday. Ooh, an exclusive. Thursday, Friday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. One, <laughs> go for three. Go for three. Do I hear three? I, I, oh. I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> um, okay. So it's animated. Okay. <laughs> it's beautifully animated. It's a Max original. Oh. Yep. Uh, I didn't even know this was coming out. And when I started looking that is reading information about this particular title i realized they've come a long way to getting this on being picked up by max so they've been working at this for a long Mm. time it's called scavenger's reign and i think there's 12 episodes a joseph bennett and charles hutner the remaining crew of a damaged interstellar freighter ship finds themselves stranded on a beautiful yet unforgiving alien planet where they must survive long enough to escape or be rescued. As the survivors struggle to lo- locate their downed ship and missing crewmates, their new home reveals a hostile world allowed to thrive without human interference. So this puts 
the creativeness of Avatar to shame. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Every single creature plant is different and new. Like, I didn't know I needed this in my <laughs> life until I saw how creative it was. It's often at times horrific and scary and terrifyingly gory. And then other times it's like so interesting gory and weird but you can't turn your eyes away from it it's like a massive nod to some of those classic 80s hand-drawn animated projects it has that like vibrancy and that color palette to it but maybe they were on acid at the time <clears throat> while doing this because it's that sort of hyper realized creatures I mean, you'd need to go and look at some of the designs of it, but um, if you watch the trailer for it, it gives you the idea of what you're getting in this. I, I'm watching the trailer right now. I definitely see Avatar within yeah. this, um, but nice. This is good. It's very, very good. The the anime. the story, the soundtrack, the the animation. The, the voice work all very top tier mm. however <laughs> there's one caveat mm. and it's a massive oh. one <laughs> the editing for the sound design with the dialogue is the worst i've ever come across in pitch levels so i have to turn up my tv till like let's say 20 and that makes the music incredibly loud but the the dialogue of the volume is about this level and the music is like i've actually emailed them asking if it was the screeners that i've been sent issue or is this a aesthetic choice for their editing if that is the case people are going to get really annoyed at this i tried it on my mac my phone my tv all the same issue so i know this is like what i have is the issue but if you can't hear what they're saying, uh, <sighs> yeah, that's an issue. And I, th this is a common problem nowadays too, where the mix. Oh yeah. But this is way worse. Way worse. Like it's, yeah, it's just, it just, it can't be the actual edit. Like I'm like, this can't be right. Mm, yeah. I hope so. That is. But how many times do you, are you like up and down, up and down, oh, up yeah. and down in TV series and movies now? It's really weird. Like, I, I, I'm glad it's not just us because we're always doing that, trying to put the voices up, turning down the loudness of the volume. It's like they had a preset setting once back and everybody's using that, but that's not where we should be at anymore. This well, yeah, because, you know, a theatrical mix is different than what should yeah. be for home. And you should, you know, if you're going to, if you have like an Atmos system, you know, Dolby Atmos, then you mm. can, you can replicate some of that but that should be a choice within there like it you yeah. know defaults to something that most people have you know the stereo mix or the you know a three you know a center channel and two surrounds or something like that i mean that because you want to be able to hear hear the dialogue because really otherwise yeah. why do you even have it it's there so beautiful it's it's wonderful to see you want to know what they're going yeah. through it's a, it's a horrific adventure but so mesmerizing uh, you really feel like you're like transported to another planet of wondrous things you haven't seen before mm. which is great yeah that's 
I mean, to explain it, like you, you just how are they going to breathe on this planet in certain places that have noxious gases? They, you literally take a creature and you stuff it on your nose and it enables, enables you to breathe. And like I wouldn't have thought of using a creature. I would have used like their their, you know, oxygen mm -hmm. tanks or whatever. But they've they're combining like biomass with electronics. And it's nice. it's, it's really smart. Very you know? cool. And so this comes out on the 19th. Um, yeah. 12 episodes. Uh, did you watch the whole thing? I haven't. I'm five episodes Ooh, in. Okay. So I don't know if it finishes okay. well, but so far I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm locked in. This is excellent. Well, and it looks like, at least according to IMDb, they dropped the first three episodes at once. Um, do you mm. know, is it then weekly episodes or are they dropping a couple each time? They haven't given me like a like press release for it, okay. so it may be slightly early. Maybe they'll release information. I presume it's going to be one, because that's generally what Max does. It's normally the one. How, how so. long are the episodes? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm double checking now. Uh, I want to say like standard 25, but I feel like they're longer. Okay. So I'm just going to click a random episode, and it's is going to tell me now <laughs> <laughs> okay 24, 24 minutes okay yeah. mm. all right yeah. so uh is it worth watching one at a time if that's how it ends up releasing or chunking it is yeah i think one is fine <laughs> because there'll be a lot of times you'll be like what the hell is this mm. um what trip is it and i think they generally have individual episodes titles oh. giving you a story of what's happening in that okay. bit so there's a big arc but they normally got to do something in that episode to survive the planet once okay. more so yeah i think individual episodes are fine okay. cool yeah. nice all right mm. do you have anything else uh i have we, we're gonna talk <sighs> about our horrors that's right what the heck i <laughs> we have two yeah, so we, we have one we've chosen by ourselves each and one that we were watching together. Well, then we have th right? three then, right? Well, we I thought we were talking one in, in the audio segment. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Don't pay any attention to Chris. <laughs> it's early. He has not had all of his coffee it's yet. It's not early. What are you talking yeah, about? I know. Then. <laughs> okay. Um... So should we do, do you want to do the one that we're talking about together or, uh, I don't mind. Okay. Y you pick, you go for it. Okay. Uh, let's do our individual ones and then we'll save the one that we can both talk about. Okay. Um, so this was, a, this is not a new movie. Um, and it's, it's more thriller. Uh, I don't think that everybody likes this movie. Uh, but it just, it's been on, on demand, um, and for rent for a long time, but it just came to Netflix in the U S also. Um, and it is called, oh crap. I was gonna <laughs> deliver us from evil <laughs> because the, the, the poster, the D and the evil are bigger. So it spells out devil. And so that's, what's always in my head is devil. And I'm like, that's not what it's called. It's <laughs> deliver us from evil. And it's Eric Bana and Edgar Ramirez and, um, Sean Harris. And 
it's based on a true story, based on a real person, a uh, real people. Mm. Um, and so we follow this detective who is working cases in, I'm pretty sure it's New York. The place is really unimportant. Um, and he comes across some just very horrific um, murders. And, yeah. and he discovers that there is a tie between them. These, these people seem to be going nuts a little bit. They're doing things that are just beyond like cruel. These are just, these are, mm. these are going very, very dark. Um, and in that he also meets Edgar Ramirez, who is a priest sort of, uh, he's a, um, and he's a, an exorcist and he's not what you think. I mean, you don't, or he's, if you look at him, you would not think priest. He drinks, goes to bars. He, um, he doesn't wear any type of, uh, religious garb. I mean, he's just got a leather jacket on and jeans and stuff, you know, <laughs> so you, you would never suspect that, uh, they, they team up after a while. Um, I loved mm. the, the discourse that they have together because Eric Bana is very much not a believer at all. Right. He doesn't believe in the possession, um, element. He doesn't, um, he's agnostic, maybe even atheist to just, nope, that doesn't work. I'm surprised the Hulk wouldn't cause you know, he's seen some yeah, well, stuff. Exactly. Well, and you know, and, and people are just bad. Right. And Edgar Ramirez <laughs> is the other way, obviously. Right. Um, cause he's a ex priest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so as they go along they're they're searching after this unknown um, entity person, uh, somebody that's causing all of this havoc that they believe. And they just, they, they uncover clues. There is a moment though, because throughout this movie, we watch, we watch the things happening and most of the focus is on Eric Bana and, um, mm. just what it does to him because you don't like him really as a character. He's not a nice guy. He's, you know, I mean, you can understand why he's not necessarily nice because of all of the horrific things that he witnesses and has to deal with and then compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't bring it home to his family. Um, but there is a moment where you have Eric Bana and Edgar Ramirez sitting at a table in a bar and they're just having a conversation and it, it starts off just chatter and stuff, you know, talking about this and it goes into backstory and there oh. you get some really good meat. Now, this doesn't come at the beginning of the movie. This is towards the latter half of the movie, but we've already gotten to know these people somewhat, but now we understand some of their perspectives, mm. how they approach things. And for me, that was really powerful. And I liked that. And I liked the way that that conversation took place because it just, mm. the movie just kind of went and and paused for a second to let this transpire. Um, there is excellent use of shadowing. So, you know, characters are obscured and, um, just, you know, you get like shadow across most of the face. And so you'll just see some eyes and then a mouth and the, nothing looks like awesome. It's just, and, and not that it's not good, good <laughs> makeup or effects. It's just, it's, ugh, that's wrong. Um, there are some fun practical effects 
that that are employed here. The biggest downside to the movie, I think, is that we have an intense scene, a build-up, this this just exorcism-like um, situation, and then it's resolved. Build-up, 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 boom, done. And you're like, wait, it did it. <laughs> Did it really work? Did it not work? Is this just a ploy? What's going uh, on? You know what I mean? And like, it felt, yeah. it felt very jarring and very abrupt. And so it felt like it was almost like a a setup for correct. Like, it's not like not actually being dealt with. It's going to come back bigger, better, stronger. Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. And that, so that was very weird, and that was not mm. as satisfying. Like I was having a lot of fun up into it. It's not scary. I mean, it is, it has some creep elements to it where you're like, mm-hmm. mm, that's, that's just, you know, and, um, going back to the shadows too, like we're put into a lot of very dark situations where there's very limited mm-hmm. light. And so that works also right. because you, you never know, like as a flashlight pans around, what are they going to land on? Or we don't even get to see the full context of an image that they're viewing. And so it's like, Ooh, that's, right. you know, um, so um, most of this is really like, I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed it. The ending, you know, it, it detracts from that. Um, I did find it very fascinating though, that the, the dudes are real and they continued to work together after this one case. Oh, it's based on a based true story. Based on a true story, based on real people, um, oh. which is messed up. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know how much is exaggerated for for mm. the movie, you know, or played. But I mean, that's a premise of a TV series of ever <laughs> Right. An exorcist and a cop working together. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, if you've <laughs> never seen it, it's uh, 2014, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I had, I did have a lot of fun with it. So I think it's worth watching at least once. Um, there are conveniences within it. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect by any means, but you know, casual Mm. watch, if you're looking for something new and just thrilling the, the chase. Mm. Um, Olivia Munn is in this. Is she any good? Uh, she's fine. She's not in it much. She's, I mean, she plays Eric Bana's wife. And, um, her role is minimal. So, um, even Sean Harris, who I, I love him as an actor. Um, Mm. he, he's there, but he doesn't have a lot of speaking roles for a lot of it. All right. Uh, so my choice (laughs) is actually an enemy, uh, and it actually came out this week and I didn't know I was going to use it as my choice for our kind of creepy mm. horror thing but i'll explain why now so a good night world is a new anime that's just dropped on netflix there's 12 episodes all of them are out now it's about four miserable members of a dysfunctional household who have no idea that they have formed a happy unit in an immersive vr game with each other um so this was really interesting it feels like two different series two different storylines melded into one you have the first six episodes which show us how dysfunctional this family is they're just broken something's happened in their past 
the son spends all his time playing this game called Planet. Um, it's very similar to the premise at first of SAO, which is Sword Art Online, which was very popular at one stage. Um, and it has similar premises because a lot of anime has this thing where characters don't like their life. They go into another world and that's mm. the, 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 the world we're ex- experiencing. And a lot of those are fun and good and I don't mind those animes at all. Except we spend a lot of time on Earth and we see how they deal with their life outside of the game. Mm. And how hard it is and how horrible it is. That's kind of really the setting up of the first six episodes. Then the anime twists itself on its head with almost like. I mean, the best way to describe this is if someone was trying to do an Inception anime, you know, Christopher Nolan's Inception, mm-hmm. that's what this would be, but on a more horror scale. Oh. Yeah, so we're taking a popular topic to talk about nowadays, which is AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's talking about it some way. You implement AI within a VR game, and then you use Inception sort of storytelling. And that's what you get in this. Uh, so at the one hand, you have a family unit that is broken. You, you want them to get together and you know, sort out their issues and brokenness. And the father, you know, you have a father that's just can't come to terms with what has happened. You have the son that blames the father for what has happened. You have the mother that can't stand the father and has left the household. Mm. And you have the brother who despises everybody in the family, including his brother. And they all play somehow. They they, they all play their alter egos in this game and join up as a family, not knowing that their family members are the ones that they're playing with. (laughs) And so they... They, in this virtual reality, they absolutely have an amazing family unit and love to spend their time oh, there. Weird, and it works so well. Yeah, which is a great idea in itself. But when it switches on its head, that's when it becomes horrific and horror and devastating mm. in, in places. It's just like, wow, this is dark, and I can't really talk about it because that's spoiler sure. territory, like massively story spoiler territory. I can say that it has an ending that's very satisfying. Uh, and somewhat complete but there is a moment where you go what similar to inception or other matrixy movies you know where the spinning top is like spinning is it about a fall isn't it it's it leaves it somewhat open like that and in my comments alone everybody was like but tell me explain why did this thing and i was like i'm not I'm not, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> I think that's going to be I think that's going to be up to your I know where I where I think it's going. Oh, that's fun but. though. I love it when those type of things create that discussion. Mm. That's oh, nice. Okay. That it, So this was a surprise cuz I would have been happy if it was just one that SAO mm-hmm. type, but then it does something different and it actually gets quite complicated. Like you you have to follow it to understand what the hell is going on nice <laughs> much like inception the first time you watched it yeah <laughs> exactly well and it sounds a little bit like uh just how how they join up unknowingly um in the vr world to then create a family uh, i mean it reminds mm. me of ready player one where you oh, know sure. where in that yeah. vr world he, yeah. he encounters some friends and then they become really you know a true family there so uh, fun okay yeah. So it, it all came out at once? Yeah, it's all out now on Netflix. You can 
go and binge to your heart's content. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, we're doing, because <laughs> we have two movies, we're doing Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Good. <laughs> had you seen this before? <laughs> I had, but like in 2015. Oh, so okay. Eight, eight years ago? Okay. Yeah. I had never seen this. So this was okay. the first time watching it. In the US, it's available on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I think that's the same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's directed by Christopher Landon which yes. he did happy death day freaky yes said to be yes. doing scream seven um yes so you know you get a horror comedy within there just right off and he does this very well um mm -hmm. th that genre yeah uh speaking of uh ready player one ty sheridan who is who yeah. is in that he is the star of this and it's really it's it's three three guys three friends who are who are type of boy scouts um and yeah. the zombie apocalypse breaks out in their town and they don't know it at first and so then you just get to watch <laughs> the events play out uh, yeah i thought the humor was witty um I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I love too that because they're high school students and mm. they're while they're f really good friends, you know that they're like these like nerds because they're always we oh, yeah. always see them wearing <laughs> their uniform. They just why do they always wear their uniform everywhere? It doesn't make no. sense. And and what's his name? Um <laughs> Sorry, I got to look it up. David Cockner, um, who who plays their scout master. I mean, he oh, he's is so good this. Uh, he's perfect for the role. Uh, yeah. the, just the, quirky. There's a there's an obsession that he has, which is very very funny and strange all at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. But they have this meeting that kicks off the movie, and you're like. There's three scouts there's here. No, what is there's no yeah, one else. what in the yeah. world just and no one's coming. No. no. <laughs> just you immediately feel sad for you them. You do, yeah. And especially because yeah. at the beginning, at least one is taking it very seriously. One yes. is semi serious and one is just kind of like, dude, let's just go. I'm done with this. I've had yeah. enough of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I what I really like is that they introduce a character that is meant to upset our um our expectations because yes she it's a female character and she is it's beautiful beautiful female character you think she's one thing exactly but yeah but not and that's where i love what not. he does what landon does with this is that he takes this this stereotype and then says, mm. Mm, no, we're not going to go there. We're going to do this instead. We're not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Tell me some of your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, it reminds me a lot of Shaun of the Dead, actually. There's mm. a, a seriousness to it, but a comedy a part of that that really works. There are moments where 
you'll have a granny that has fake teeth so she can't bite but then she's biting the butt of a kid and it's like i got bit over the ass and i was just like this that's funny that's funny to me that a, a zombie without the teeth you can't actually get what it needs but the, also an old granny zombie is biting your ass there are moments in in this movie that i just thought really worked cute moments as well them trying to like buy alcohol they can't <laughs> do it and it's kind of where they meet the the, the girl and, like this is they're giving the the, <laughs> the dude <at laughs> the, the, the hobo <laughs> oh the, like the guy that lives in the street and he's like buying everything but what they need <laughs> it's just like oh he was funny yes uh there's characters that you love to hate the sort of jock boyfriend oh um, my gosh and the you know there's always the girl that one of the kids is pining over you know you have to have the the ticks yeah. but at the end I, I was very satisfied with like how it goes to like the, the heroes the the weapons that they use in the like mm-hmm. the the rave party i thought that w- that was a lot of fun yeah i like i did have a lot of fun i didn't know what to expect i mean i thought it was going to be silly and i thought it was going to yeah. be um it totally is that yo, yeah. yeah absolutely but it, it really it um i should have expected it to be as funny as it was you know, and it's yeah, engaging. It's, and, it's endearing, I thought, yeah. because it is coming of age as well. And I cared about the characters, though, too. That was the thing that it wasn't just yeah. it wasn't just the um, here's the story. We're going to thrust you into a, a zombie thing. It's we're watching mm-hmm. we're watching this drama play out between the friends amidst yeah, exactly this yeah. you know th- this backdrop yeah. there and which is why Shaun of the Dead works yes. because you love the characters and you're rooting for them. This is this similar kind of feeling. Yeah. I'm not saying it is as good as Sean of the Dead. I'm just saying that it's much better than people will ever, you know. You, you look at the title, Scout's Guide to a Zombie Apocalypse, and you think, well, oh, that's going to be crap. <laughs> and it sort of is, but it knows what it is. And it's kind of why it makes it fun. Well, and I loved, they go, um, <laughs> when they go to the, uh, like the, um, the hardware store, you know, which mm. is great because you have scouts going into, a place that um or maybe it was a sporting goods store it doesn't really matter that it, yeah. it um <laughs> they're they they know how to make things out of things you know what i mean yeah you know that they're because they got all these badges for the various things that they've done they're gonna macgyver oh this my, <laughs> zombie apocalypse it is and what they come up with is fun there is a sequence in a in a house in a room and involving a trampoline that is just it, oh. It was nail oh, biting. That's one of the funniest too, things. At one point. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> it was so funny though. I was like, well, you don't see that every no, day. No, <laughs> no. Um Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, this was I'm I'm glad that you that you put this on my radar because I had seen it a bunch of times. I had it on a list, but it was it was not um anywhere near the top. It was one of those that Eh, maybe sometime I'll get to it. The poster, the yeah. movie poster is not that inspiring. No, it's not. Um, yeah. And it just, it looks cheap and, and very yeah. low budget. And yet it surpasses that considerably. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's surprisingly good. Yeah. No, I, I was, um, I, yeah, I was really loving it. Um, yep. Cool. Well, thank you for, for giving that to me, for letting me know that, um, uh, the suggestion, because yeah, um, 
Yeah, lots of fun. If you like Dale versus <laughs> uh, Tuck and Dale versus, and you like cooties, this Dude. is like up that yeah. up that sort of yeah yeah. This you got cooties. Uh, uh. What a great movie! <laughs> it's just it's so surprising. I had fun with that. All right, well, we thank you for sticking with us this long. Just as a reminder, to rate and review us wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, that greatly helps. Also, do the YouTubey things: like, share, subscribe. It helps out considerably um, if you could head over there and do that. Um, just it, it gives us greater exposure. More people get to see this and. Um, enables us as Ruben sips his tea or coffee or whatever booze <laughs> loudly. Um, it, it just helps us. And we, we, I, at some point hope that our individual things allow us to go full time, not, not yeah, hobby. That'd be really cool. But yeah. Mm. Uh, we have a Patreon opportunity, patreon.com slash the bearded ones over 65 videos there of all Ooh. kinds of content. I mean, games. Yep. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. games, reviews, in-depth reviews, um, watch-alongs, um, a drunk mm-hmm. review. So there's yep. there, there's all kinds. You got a couple of my old shorts nice. on me, like stories, like movies. So, yeah, yeah so there's, yeah. A, there, there's a bunch in there for you. There's even a few that are outside the paywall. It starts at one pound, um, which is like a dollar thirty, mm-hmm. I think, something like that. Um, and I think we've got about six or seven people now, s- which is great. Yeah, six or seven, yeah. That's so six, yeah. yeah. Great community. Uh, love all our patrons there. And so um, we just invite you to check that out, see if that's something that you would like to participate in. What we do in this segment is we are talking about a movie that either we had never seen before or it's been a long time since mm. we've seen it and we both watched it together so that we could have a discussion we will each hit yeah. on the thing that either didn't make the best of our list or was poo. One of the two. I mean, it, it could fall anywhere in mm-hmm. there. It, just, it certainly did not qualify to be in the best thing we watched. We also hit up some mm-hmm. entertainment news and then give you a list of things that are coming out in the next week that uh, in case you want to put them on your watch calendar so you can be up to date and not miss anything. Yeah. Let's dive in. What we're wa- uh, Oh, yeah. I, I probably should have said. We're, um, we're talking about ghost ship um Mm. and then in our patreon we are going to be today we are going to be discussing um the descent but let's talk about ghost ship shall we yeah juliana margoyles i thought she was mini driver but she's not (laughs) juliana margoyles is uh one of my favorite actresses for lawyer she she was the good wife or is the good wife um, did seven seasons on that and she's incredible I've seen every single one of those episodes like I said I like lawyer program so I was very happy to see her in this but isn't this movie one of those oh you're in it oh you're in it <laughs> yeah there's well because she was also in ER and then Ron Elder oh, of course was also yeah. in ER and he's in this yeah. and then Isaiah Washington who was in uh, Grey's Anatomy or maybe is in Grey's Anatomy <laughs> as a doctor <laughs> So you have three uh, medical people. expertise requires. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but we've also got uh, Gabriel Byrne, which mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, he's just Gabriel Byrne. He's an actor. Yeah. So it. Uh, Carl Urban, though, that surprised me. Oh yeah, that surprised me. I yeah. did not. I was like, mm. wait, what? That's him. Oh, funny. Because <laughs> this is from. Oh, what is this? 
2002. So this is actually mm. after um, some of Lord of the Rings. Huh. So he he had already had some prominence. Um, this is not Lord of the Rings um, quality. Yeah. Did you enjoy this? It's loved it. I, I think it's one of the best films I've seen in years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had more fun with it than you did. Um, <laughs> but let me, you know, Katie, the girl, Katie, yes. the, the little girl, the yeah. little girl, you know who that is. Wait, I did. I, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. It's crazy. It is very crazy because yeah, I, um, like, I was like, you look familiar. Um, mm. it's Emily Browning and yeah, I mean, I, I re- knew her from sucker punch and then, right. um, was there one other one that I no? probably a series of unfortunate events. Uh, no, I never watched that, that huh? movie. No. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. So wow. no, it was, yeah, it was, um, sucker punch that I recognized her from. I'm like, you, you look familiar, but I don't know why. No, oh, for me, it was, uh, American gods. I was oh, like, okay. And when I clicked, I was like, I don't feel right. Cause I've seen what you do in American gods. And that is like, you know, uh, Oh really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's from, did we say this from 2002? Um, yeah. A salvage crew discovers a long-lost uh, passenger ship from 1962 floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea. And they soon notice that its long-dead inhabitants may still be on board. Which is not a surprise because the title of the movie is called Ghost Ship. Yeah, we're, we're not giving anything away. No. <laughs> it's Ghost yeah, Ship. <laughs> it's, it's, so we expect to see creepy things. So... I got a confession okay. to make. When I suggested watching this, I actually thought this movie was the sh- the film called Virus, um, because I remember that being pretty good. So when I started watching this, I went, "Huh, is vi- this from nineteen ninety nine? Nineteen ninety nine with Jamie Lee Curtis, okay. Donald Sutherland, William Baldwin. I've not seen that one either. Yeah." Now, I remember that one being good, but don't quote me on it because... It's from 1999. Uh, it's from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the, the poster for the movie Terrible. looks awful. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, okay, let me let me give you some of my positives of why why I enjoyed okay. some of you, this. Um, I, you have positives? I, yeah, I thought some of the imagery was good. I thought it was, it was surprising, especially with the editing, because they would make people appear... And then disappear, mm. you know, and not like they just fade it out, but just as like you blink yeah. and you miss it or somebody see, thinks they see something and then they turn back and it's not there, which mm. I like that premise because at the point that we're starting to see some of this, we don't know if it's actually what they're seeing. Is it just, you know, figment of their imagination? Is it real? And then, excuse me, if it is real, are they malevolent? Are they just mm. whatever, you know? Um, it has a very predictable twist to it. Oh, for sure. Which you see coming, but there was even a bigger clue that I, that I was telling you. Yeah, I didn't, I I still didn't get like, really? Yeah, I guess I I felt, (laughs) I felt dumb 
when when I after the movie and I'm like, oh, serious? Oh gosh, this was like staring. <laughs> I me. didn't care enough to to think about it that much. <laughs> yeah, just staring me right in the face there. Um, it's pre- well, yeah. The the twist is predictable. The whole movie is predictable. Um, mm. What didn't you like? Such about a waste it? of gold. <laughs> I didn't like everything <laughs> no okay so tell a lie i thought the sets were pretty good i oh, thought they yeah. it looked good like the inside of the ship I, I bought that it was i thought that it was um but then they combined it with some weird cg that i thought mm. was one was like I, this hasn't aged well no. um the pool of blood it didn't look like blood at all i was just like uh, no why are you doing this and then the, the dialogue for the axis i thought was terrible i was just like this is is it 90s or was it terrible script? The action and the filmmaking style is 90s, hmm. but it's a terrible script. So the right. dialogue is just not good dialogue. Yeah. So I reckon if I actually reckon if they made this film today, like this is actually a good film to remake. Mm. You can make a tighter script, yeah. decent actors. And actually if Flanagan or someone picks it up and making it because, you know, his style is like showing uh, something walking past the camera without really yeah. seeing it. That sort of thing. Call it something else. So it's uh, give us a little bit of whatever ship name, the Velveteen or something. <laughs> and then Velveteen. there you have it. It's <laughs> uh, a. T- uh titanics but like titanics like the car oh so that, it's a possessed that weird ship. movie that you watched yeah <laughs> that you need to watch mm, no <laughs> i'm gonna get no. you to watch it one day <laughs> no i did appreciate a little bit of the darkness that was in here um but the actual shadows no no the, the color. of the story there was a there were a couple of elements where they do things that are meant to be distressing you know mm. and okay yeah there was a couple of kills that i i liked yes. that's it i was like you could see it coming mm-hmm. but you didn't want it to happen for that person yeah. which makes me think i maybe cared about the characters a little some a little of them bit. or maybe yeah i mean like there was a bit someone's fixing something and you know that thing's gonna turn on and it's gonna be gross and i was like oh and it was yeah and yeah. we don't know about any of these people i mean they're all strangers to us no, nothing. Like they're they're a rowdy group of scavengers, and yeah, that's all we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's thin. Apparently, that's all we needed to know. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it was a terrible watch. Um, I mean, no, we've certainly seen oh, much worse, worse. Like and it's only ninety minutes. Lambs. So there's yeah. there is that too. So it, it it goes by quick, but it's not something I think that. You should revisit if you've seen it before or if you've never Ever. seen it and, you know, it's not just like, oh, yes, put this on my list right now. Um, especially yeah. because at least in the U.S., um, it, it's only available um, to rent. See, the worst thing about it, like, I should have a lot more to say about this movie. I just found it really boring. Sure. I think that was that's the worst thing about it. Like, it's fine. It is what it is, but I won't, I'll forget it. I'll probably in a couple of years recommend it for us to watch it again because I've forgotten it <laughs> and then be as disappointed. Just, you'll have to remind me. Yeah, well, cause it, it, it feels very safe within it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't do anything novel or new. Mm. So it, yeah, even for that time, 
I don't think it was, I don't yeah. think it was genre bending or breaking, you know, it was just no standard fare. Yeah, I so, agree. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Shall we move? Shall we move on to our something that didn't quite make it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Go, go. Welcome to the worst thing we watched this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want? It's not always the worst no, thing. No, it's not. Mine, mine is, um, it's kind of there. Oh, is yours back? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Tell me about it. 1975. Again, I was, I was okay. diving into some horrors. He was diving into some. Yeah. And I went, I stuff. went back a ways, um, you know, almost 50 years. It's a David right. Cronenberg movie. So I expected hmm. weird. Should have been weird, but also should have had a sense of quality. Yeah. yeah and some disturbingness to Cronenberg, it and everything. Right? Yeah. It's called Shivers. And it, it. Okay. We've had, we've had movies since then that have slightly similar things where the premise is this, um, an island in Canada or British Columbia, wherever it's at, um, has Mm. like this self-contained high rise building where the people live, they all, uh, work there. They, it's, it's not quite commune, but it's, it, Mm. it gets that sense um, they have doctors there, you know, the, it's, it's all, so you don't have to go anywhere else. You can just be there. Um, and we find out that a parasite is, um, infecting people. And what the okay. parasite does though, is it turns them into horny sex fiends. what the hell did you watch because well because see here's the thing that the parasite completely (laughs) takes over and so it wants to reproduce it it wants to reproduce and they don't the the way for humans to do yeah but it doesn't have to they don't have to have sex i mean they just have to be close so that the parasite can pass from one to the other and um right but it also goes then down into the digestive tract and that's where they they grow and and you know gestate and stuff like that there Mm. are some gross visuals to this um which i appreciated the dialogue is few and far between it's um it is very 70s where you have like screaming or these push-ins and these, these pans and, you know, some music swelling and not really any dialogue going on. Um, people mm. running through a hallway or doing something are like, Oh, just it. <laughs> I pre, I, I kind of liked the ending just because, uh, it reminded me of sort of like a cosmic horror. Not that this is some alien that comes down or anything like that, but within cosmic horror, you typically have dreary endings where Mm. it's hopeless, you know, and that's, that's what we get in this. Um, it's not good by any means. I mean, it, it does not hold up. The acting is blah. The, the dialogue (laughs) is just right on par with that. Um, it feels a lot of the time, like it was on the fly that we don't really have dialogue written 
for these characters. We're just going to make it so it it is it's less than 90 minutes. It's 87 minutes long and it felt like it was well over 2 hours. Oh, it just it the momentum of this just drags and it's just so unfortunately blah. it's not you know as much as i like the um what the ending does with the hopelessness and all of that mm. it doesn't it doesn't make up for, for everything else before that wow yeah so there you go shivers 1975 david cronenberg if you've seen it don't revisit it because i it, it for me it, it wouldn't hold up but um I don't think it's worth watching to begin with. So, mm. okay, that is a movie. I it is a movie. Will avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not watching that. Okay, so Bargain is a new Korean series. I say new; it came out in 2022. It's a Korean drama TV series, but Paramount Plus recently picked it up, and so it's new on their platform. I think it was October the third it dropped, so it's been out for. Just over 10 days. Um, thanks to Paul Nolan, who I think switched us both onto this title. I began watching mm -hmm. it, or I read the synopsis and thought, you know what? That actually looks very interesting. So basically, you have organ sellers that lure people to a hotel uh, under the guise of uh, something pretty nasty, uh, having sex with a, a young person uh, that are virgins. So it's like, it's pretty nasty. Uh, and then they alert to have a shower to get clean before they do the act. And that's when <laughs> they get strapped down to a table. And what you have is like a black market group of people that are bidding for different body parts uh, for oh, whatever wow. reason. And, the, you know, so, yeah, that's pretty dark. So that's that itself. This whole whole business is running this like derelict hotel where nobody would come because they, you know, it's a shady business and they make lots of money by the looks of it. That itself is an in interesting uh, storyline but then you have what seemingly is a massive earthquake and everybody gets trapped in this building there's some deaths you know this is all happening within the first episode the episode two to six is about our i guess our three main characters is the guy that got a, a detective that got drawn to the hotel because of whatever um he says he was doing a a mission uh the audience might believe else like he was undercover as a detective um, and then the woman that kind of drew him there, um, she's sort of sort of trapped there for whatever reason. And then we have the guy that was going to buy his his liver um, to help his dad survive because his dad kept he's on the donors list, but he kept getting pushed down because of rich people kind of jumping in mm. and taking like that donor. So he's only port of call now is to buy it on the black market from somewhere else and these three people sort of make a team they hate each other but um they they want to survive and get out and they're meeting along the way you'll meet like the other uh the black market buyers or the people that you know the 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 the, the buyers and the people that run this cd uh, hotel you got the bosses and the sub bosses and the henchmen and then the stuff that goes on at, right at the bottom of the hotel to kind of crazy people and so it's like it's like a horror each each floor that they managed to get to is like there's a oh. new thing that they've got to survive 
there's um episode three which is called panic room um is just a bunch of people have ended up in the same same room in the same floor it's a massive hole down the middle of the hotel so they've all kind of clambered up or found ways to get there and this episode is basically a shouting screaming match and it's the one of the most annoying episodes of tv i've come across in a long Mm. time i got the feeling that the director said to the actors that were all there right so this is we we want this to feel really real um so we're not going to give you any dialogue or, or, or scripts we just want you to talk as if this was happening for real so a lot of the the people will talk over each other or they scream or they'll react so it all comes across very natural and stuff but it it also felt like they were just reacting that the, it wasn't purposely created around the, the the dialogue they were just kind of shouting uh-huh. for no reason or creating atmosphere okay. and it goes on for quite a long time there's obviously some bits they created because there's a there's some violence in that episode i think the premise is good enough for you to want to keep watching and sort of root for these people but again it's one of those series where they're all kind of nasty and you don't know if they deserve to survive but it's more like just trying to see who's going to survive and get out of the hotel now the reason why this isn't on the best thing i watched apart from that episode because everything else is done well like the the building the 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 colorization with the like different rooms of different color palettes of the cinematography all looks great you know the acting is good it's very well put together and it's it's it was a nice watch the ending however leaves on a massive cliffhanger and mm. the place where it ends makes you really want to watch what's going to happen next like you're like oh yeah that story sounds really interesting so it opens up the story more mm. um something about the earthquake i won't, I won't go into it but i was like oh, God damn it. like what are the chances of this getting a second sequel nothing's been nothing's been like confirmed yet is it going to just be mm. one of those oh and this happens and I was just saying, oh. and that always makes me go, oh. I'm so tired of cliffhangers like that because we just don't live in that world anymore where you can guarantee a part two, mm-hmm. a second season. Oh, so worth watching though? Yeah, it is good. Um, it's dark. <clears throat> okay. I, but I like dark. You like dark, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> Fun. Mm. Cool. All right. News. Yes. Let's talk about news. I have a bit that we didn't get to talk about last week because we were having um, some technical yes. issues. <laughs> there was a lot. Um, but the <laughs> the writers from the Drew Barrymore show, they declined to return to her series <laughs> because Brilliant. she became a scab during yeah. the writer's strike. Yeah. Um, and then, and she was just going to continue the show without them. Uh, that uh, <laughs> serves you right. I really, you know, I mean, before this, I really liked Drew and her acting performances. I, I always got mm-hmm. the idea that she had a bit of a dark past, but this as a decision just comes across as really selfish. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And now reaping that whirlwind my guess is that that show is probably just gonna um like waver for a tiny bit falter and then just be canceled because nobody's gonna want to work on it because (laughs) she didn't have their back Mm. so you know yeah i 
sad. Yeah. But deserved. <laughs> uh, Daredevil has apparently have gotten a major reset. <laughs> what? Have you heard about this? I have. They, um, Marvel basically let all of the writers and directors go. Um, oh, flip. From, from, from that. Um, well, because they might of the be strike. Keeping, no, it was just, it apparently Daredevil didn't even show up in his suit until episode four. What? Yeah. Um, so Marvel just was not satisfied with Fired, it, with the uh, direction. <laughs> they got rid of everybody, but they're also reevaluating their business practices, yes, so which is something, well. yeah. yeah, you know, that the writers, that was part of the strike. Mm. They were like, get these stupid execs out as showrunners mm. who have no experience being a writer, have no experience being on a, on a series. They just are a suit, you know? And so they're making decisions on the fly. They're, they're not spending the time for development. They're not even shooting pilots. They're just going. And that is now changing, which Marvel is spinning it. Disney is spinning it like, oh, we're going to do this. This is going to be good. This is a good reset for us. And the writers are like, uh, this is what we had been asking for <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So stop trying to claim credit for this and spin it like it was your idea. So that's frustrating, yeah. but exciting because I don't. I've kept, I've said to you a number of times that the Daredevil Netflix TV series is one of the mm. greatest TV series ever. Like it just, it's just brilliant. It's brutal. It's harsh. It's excellent. Like people need to watch it. And so Kevin Feige here is saying, reportedly realized the show wasn't working. Sources for the trade say that the showrunners crafted a legal procedural that did not resemble the earlier action oriented Daredevil series at Netflix. In fact, the star Charlie Cox reportedly doesn't even show up until <laughs> in costume until the fourth episode. As a result, in late September, head writers Chris Ord and Mike Corman were let go, along with the planned directors for the remainder of the season. Now, new writers and directors are being sought for the project with the aim of being a significant creative revamp. This includes a revamp for how future TV series, including Marvel, will be done there looking towards a limited series more and some serial TV series like Loki won't be the only one that has two, two stories or two seasons. Haven't most of them been limited series anyway? Uh, I don't know. I think I they mean, just have one division. I mean, actually all of them so far have been other than other than what Loki. Maybe they're just filling air. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. As long as they, I mean, this has been the complaint by everybody mm. is that it, it feels rushed. It doesn't feel like there's nearly enough time spent on anything mm. that we're just getting this filler that you have to watch because the movies won't make sense unless you watch these. <sighs> so stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm a massive, I'll say massive, uh, like when my kids were growing up, there were a certain series and stuff that I introduced them to that was scary. Like, um, I say scary, but for kids, like Eerie Indiana and Goosebumps mm. was one of them. I, I When oh. the Jack Black films came out, uh, we had a lot of fun with them, the, the, especially the first one. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, first so there's great, a new yeah. TV series on Disney that um, is Goosebumps. And the first five episodes are meant to be out. But for some reason... And most of the world 
uh, with Disney Plus has gotten episode three and four and are missing one, two and five. And literally as of recording, the release for the first five episodes was today for this brand new Goosebumps TV series. And uh, they haven't released the press release note, nothing. I'm going to look to see if I, <laughs> which ones I have. So on Hulu, I presume that they're all there. But on Disney, I'd be surprised. Uh, for me, they're all there on Disney. Oh, there you go. Um, I'll double check now to see if they fixed as of recording. But I was like all geared up to watch this morning, goose bumping around. And then I just had to go and check um, Twitter and realized, oh, this is a lot of people are experiencing this. Oh, is that Justin Long? I presume it does look like him. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. so the episodes oh. are there. They they fixed whatever. Oh, they they fixed they just it. Did, okay, they didn't have good communication <laughs> at all. But the episodes are fairly wow. long, which is I was surprised by. They're like yeah. forty eight minutes, forty five minutes. Um, I'm gonna enjoy this. I think. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Right on. You got more more news? I do. Um, this just came out like yesterday at least as we're recording this, uh, CEOs of the studio and streaming companies, they have walked away from the SAG after negotiations after refusing to counter the union's offer. <laughs> Here's the thing though. Last week, the studios approached the union with a proposal that was worth less than what they proposed prior to the strike. So the studios came in with like, well, you're asking for this. We're gonna give offer this. <laughs> that that's not how the negotiation were. I mean, yeah. anyway, um, and so you know the writers are back at work, but there aren't any stars. So it's really it's going to be interesting to see what kind of delays to projects this um, this does. I mean, obviously, no new things are being shot. Fine, but how is this going to delay? completed projects we saw that you know i mean even dune got pushed back even though it was written mm. filmed you know all of this so uh yeah we'll, we'll see what the full ramifications are um wow there's also did you ever watch the bbc series uh orphan black yes with tatiana maslan yep. yes well amc announced this week at new york comic-con that a show called Orphan Black Echoes yeah, it's, will uh, be coming in like a 2024. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting for this for a while. They've been teasing it for a while, so I'm glad. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. it's been in the work. It's got, it's got, um, why can't I, uh, Ritter, Kristen Ritter, mm. uh, starring and producing. Yeah, um, big fan of Ritter. Takes a deep, so. Yeah, deep, deep dive into the exploration of the scientific manipulation of human existence. Mm. And it follows a group of women as they weave their way into each other's lives and embark on a thrilling journey, unraveling the mystery of their identity and uncovering a wrenching story of love and betrayal. Now, that was from AMC's site. So, obviously, that's that's meant to put it in the best light and it's also a very vague uh, description. But, yeah, 2024, huh. if you're a fan. Nice. Um, cool. Michael Mann has confirmed that he is doing Heat 2. And I mean, it makes sense because he's basically got the script there, doesn't he, with his book? <laughs> with his book, yeah, yeah with Meg Gardner. Yeah. Uh, 
did you have you read it yet no i've only, I know I've only read it. the beginning yeah okay uh so far so good but you know um, i've got like 10 books on the go i'm always like that <laughs> yeah no i know i have way my yeah my tr list is stupid <laughs> Let, long let's talk about dc drama because <laughs> that's always the gift that keeps on giving right yeah like non-stop non-stop uh okay so gal gadot is definitely out they've like reconfirmed this week that she's she's not um including jason momoa ezra miller uh, none of the the old crew are back in any way or form. They're not crossing over. It is a proper reboot. So fans, including, uh, yeah, the, and Blue Beetle doesn't look like that's part of the new lot either. So it does look like it's, if you are friends or married to James Gunn, then perhaps you will um, be in with the new group. But for mm-hmm. now, you don't stand a chance at being as part of that new group. Also, Drama, drama, drama for Aquaman 2. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that, Chris? Oh my gosh. So, there, I mean, okay. <laughs> so, Amber Heard's scenes were drastically reduced. Yeah. Uh, there was talk, the rumor. I don't know how accurate this is because I haven't di- dived way into all of the things, but what was being reported was that. James Wan wanted to cut her out completely. Mm. Um, but during that time, Amber Heard's boyfriend was Elon Musk, yeah. one of the richest person <laughs> people in the world. Yeah. And he had his legal team, um, the the term I saw, send a scorched earth letter okay, so to the studio. It has been confirmed by Variety, okay. so it is. Okay. Yeah. This sets a bad precedent. Okay, this sets a really, really dangerous precedent because what happens is um, Warner Brothers kept Amber Heard on because of whatever the lawyers threatened um, from Elon Musk. Mm. So he's being able to manipulate a studio, an entire entertainment studio w- with his money. They That's wrong. You know what I mean? Like no person should be able to do that, to be, to keep their, their toxic, um, significant other into a project. Uh, a director should have that freedom to, you know, to go back and forth, whatever. Um, Jason Momoa was reportedly drunk a lot of the times on set. So he's just his character. Um, yeah. There, there was a disturbing one or, you know, unsettling one that he was, um, sexually inappropriate i guess at least or physically inappropriate but to amber some people oh well, i don't know so just I don't, people if amber if that's amber talking then i don't believe that for a second yeah sure yeah i'm very skeptical if it's that but i didn't see i didn't see a name attached it was just so that's that's unfortunate i mean if that really were if that if that is accurate um that is unfortunate because he seems so close to his wife and he tries to stay away from that lifestyle as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be surprised if any of that is true. But, you know, maybe the work environment was so tough with uh, Amber being there. Um, you know, yeah, he was coming maybe. in drunk and acting like a fool. But we don't know the true story. So Yeah, yeah I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, was there any more drama within Aquaman 2? I don't think that so. I, that I missed? I, um, it, the DCU is a dumpster fire at this moment. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I, I think James Gunn is losing a lot of respect from fans because he's keeping Peacemaker, Peacemaker's sidekick, and Amanda Waller. It doesn't make Three sense people. because they're all part of the old school. Yes, it makes no sense at all. If you're going to reboot, especially to the degree that you've said you are, then you need to start completely over. Yeah. And just stick to your word. And more people, while that hurts, more people will respect that mm. than the playing favorites and only, you know, because then it's, it's, it seems arbitrary. Like, mm, no, I'm just not going to bring you back. You're done. So. Yeah, I don't. Which. I'd... So what does that mean for Aquaman <sighs> 2? Is it going to tank? Yes, 100%. They should, Are you going to see it? They, I will watch it when it comes to streaming. I won't go to the cinema for this. It's just, I will go if there is a screening. That's it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not I'm not going to London it. and back, that's for sure. Yeah, no. Hmm. Um, maybe if you go see a screening and you tell me it's a dumpster fire, like it's terrible, I might go watch it just for the, the giggles. Just because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's unfortunate too because it might actually be a really good movie, but it's pointless. Yeah, it's well, that's the whole thing. Like, I can, it might be the best movie of the whole DCU, but that doesn't mean anything now. Yeah, nope, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Mm. Uh, do you have any happy news? Because, um, um, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Orphan Black Echoes is coming. Um, in 2024, <laughs> you've already said that. <laughs> I don't have any more happy news. I'm no. sorry. Most of my news was depressing. Damn it, Chris. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. Uh, well, no, no. You know what? Um, there are some, some good movies coming out or well, some, some movies coming out this week. <laughs> Maybe that, well, that so, might be good news. Depending on exactly, we'll we'll spin it, it like it could be okay. Could be some good news. Certainly, um, the the series that we're looking forward to should be good, right? Dude, wait, we're talking about the right one, right? Of course, bodies, bodies on yeah, Netflix. On Netflix. Yes. Right. Oh my gosh, yes. That is the time travel murder mystery. Yeah. Yes, that's please. gonna be good. It's gonna. I hope so. Yeah. I, I'm gonna be very disappointed if it's not. The trailer sets it up to be phenomenal. It does. Yeah. So it comes out on the 19th. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's probably one of the ones that's at the top of my list. I'm also on top of my list. On Thursday, there's a cyberpunk animated series called Captain oh. Laserhawk, um, <laughs> a blood dragon as a remix. So basically, it's all of Ubisoft's games um, animated, shoved into this this um, Blood Dragon, which is a spin-off game <laughs> from Far Cry. So it's like it's, it's a real mix match. What? Um, like even in the trailer, there's Rayman in the like do, like as a news anchor. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna love this, and it, it looks pretty harsh and brutal. Uh, oh. it, it reminds me a lot of um, some of the other Netflix style of animation. So that's mm. dropping this Thursday. So if you like cyberpunk, dystopian, weird, then I think this is going to be up your, up your street. Nice. Mm. Um, there is a documentary coming out on the 16th. I've not watched it yet. It's called The Devil on Trial. Mm. This is... 
it's a head scratcher for me because there was already a documentary done on this very recently on, I believe it was HBO. Right. I I don't get these overlapping, these parallel types of documentaries because it's, they feel just like copies. So we'll see. Mm. I don't know. I'll I'll know once I watch it, but (laughs) yeah. Um, There's a limited series called Creature coming on the 20th, uh, which looks like it's uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein take. It's it's Turkish, isn't it? I no, it's not English, but yeah, it, yeah. I can't okay. can't tell what the language is. I'm looking is forward to that. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the twentieth, also there's a comedy called Old Dads. Mm. Mm. Might be stupid. I, like, um, like casual, like decent, you know. Yeah, Bill Barr. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr. Bill Barr. Bill Burr is one Burr. of one of the Burr. and Bobby Cannavale. So it's definitely going to be that sort of uh, humor, provocative yeah. and raunchy. Mm, but probably, yeah, yeah. There is a, a pretty sure it's a documentary on Apple coming out on the twentieth called "The Pigeon Tunnel." Oh, okay. I I don't know what it's about, but you know, um, never heard of it. No, uh, there is a ooh, there's a Shutter movie that you told me about <laughs> coming on the twentieth called "Night of the Hunted." Okay, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Have you watched it yet? Not yet. Um, okay. It looks all right, though. Yeah. Um, there uh, is a film, a horror film, on Netflix called Flashback. Really? Yeah, coming out on the 20th. It's a, a yoga teacher's life flashes before her eyes during a deadly home invasion, sending her on a desperate race through her past to save the man she loves. Uh, is this an original or just something that they bought? Or is it from, like, is it old? Um... It looks new, but I don't know if it's an original. So, is it English or? Um, I see. Yeah. Oh, hmm. not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. It's hard to tell there. British, maybe. Maybe it's possible. Um, There's also a a documentary crime heist film uh, called I don't know how to pronounce his name. Virajan Tomic, the Spider-Man of Paris. That's coming out on the 20th, oh. which looks interesting. Guessing he's a park core. Hardcore parkour, yo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Something that you do a uh, lot of, Chris. Yes, I am <laughs> very physically active um, <laughs> and flexible. So, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there's a series uh, coming to Netflix on the 19th called Neon. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's crime. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Well, for all those big mouth fans, the seventh season comes out on the 20th. So that's doing really well. I know it's got a lot of um, fans. There's a nice, big core core demographic there that people are loving that. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of this show. I've not watched season three yet, but season three, uh, comes out on the 20th on prime upload. Mm. It's that one where the, they're dead and their consciousness is uploaded into a virtual reality type thing. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of this series. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of fun. There is a movie coming out the 18th, maybe. 
maybe the 20th, I don't remember, sometime this week, I watched it during Sundance, hmm. but I don't totally remember all <laughs> it's of it. another one that some you of it. that you watched. It, no, it's, <laughs> no, I do remember watching this one. That was the good thing. Right, um, okay. But I've got a screener for it so I can be refreshed, but it's called Onyx. Wait, let me get the full name here because it's long. Hmm. Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Wow. Um, I I can tell you the the movie's not awesome. The guy has a very unique speaking um, delivery, right? And so it's it's quirky and it's stupid, but some of it kind of works. Okay. So. Uh, a full review will come later once I've rewatched it, so I know <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, wow. You got any more? Uh, one more. Speaking of um, of stupid, mm. um, you and I have a have another <laughs> nursery rhyme movie yes. that we are watching this week called Three Blind Mice. Uh, if you've been following us recently, we a couple weeks ago we watched Mary Had a Little Lamb, which was atrocious. It was it was just bad on every on all levels. every level. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that this one will. I just want I just want brutal kills, <laughs> creative like that. Just give me the action. Just give me the blood and the gore. That's all I want. Mm. I, I'm not looking for any kind of knowledgeable, deep, or meaningful exposition. Not even good acting. I'm fine with that. I just want kills. And now if you can't deliver that, then it becomes boring and just torturous. Wow. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Yeah, there's, well, it's coming to Netflix, but it's coming to cinemas first. Mm. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, it's coming to Apple in the US, not to Netflix. Oh, what the hell? Um, yeah, no, no, no. I take that back. Not Netflix. Coming to Apple. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Apple TV, but it's uh, at cinemas first year in the UK this coming week. Yeah, on the twentieth, right? On the Thursday? Is that the twentieth? Oh, the nineteenth. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They here they do that also, even though the release date is the twentieth. Mm. You know, starting in the late afternoon or whatever, they have showings yeah. the day before. So I mean, by the time you finish watching it, it'll probably be the twentieth. Yes. Yes. I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I haven't read the book. My wife read the book mm. um, because I think, no, she didn't teach that book. Maybe she did. I'm going to bring an empty matter. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't choose a quiet moment. <laughs> <laughs> and don't, and don't audibly go. <sighs> <laughs> I'll be doing the podcast next week from jail. <laughs> 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 and Ruben is no longer allowed to be within 500 yards of any school playground or park <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah. okay. oh man okay uh anything else no. cool hey thank you for joining us uh this was a longer one but hey we had technical difficulties last week and so we saved up a lot to talk about <laughs> uh we hope you've enjoyed it don't forget we have our patreon opportunity patreon.com slash the bearded ones one pound gets you in to access all over 65 videos uh with more being added um, just about each week uh like 
share, subscribe, head over to YouTube, do that youtube stuff there. Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday, me, Chris, Movies and Munchies, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast. If you could rate and review us if you've not done so before, uh, that would be huge. With that, we will see you next week. All right? Take care. Take care.